Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. First of all, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for encouraging me to go beyond what I thought I was able to with my keynote speeches. So many of you reached out and been pushing me and helping me to find bigger gigs than I ever thought I would find. So I keep saying it, I have the best peeps that surround me. So much, much gratitude. I love it and I appreciate it as well as you supporting me for my workshops and my books. I'm just truly, truly grateful. Being an entrepreneur can be a little tricky at times, but man, when you got the support I do, woof. Plus, people like my next guest I learn so much from. Alex helps entrepreneurs and business owners get their heads around the best tools to successfully design and implement a winning business strategy. I just love this guy. His passion is helping them balance purpose, impact, and profit so that the businesses do good while doing well. Who doesn't want that? Have fun. You're going to love this one. Share it. Rate it, like it. I really appreciate it. Alex will really appreciate it. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. Well, let me just tell you something before my next guest comes on, and I'll read his bio. I selfishly brought him on for me. I so need to stick to my strategy. You know me, if you've been following me in business, I'm like a wing nut. So when I saw his bio, I was like, okay, he gets it. He gets our passion. He gets our vision, but yet you need a strategy to get there. So let me tell you about, and he's going to tell us when he comes on how to say it in German, Alex Brookman. Alex is an entrepreneur and author, executive coach, and brought, he's a board advisor. He built companies in Europe and Canada and led client oh projects across the world. I did not know that. His areas of expertise are strategy development. I want to say that again, strategy development, leadership development, and entrepreneurship. His passion lies in helping clients build profitable businesses rooted in purpose. <sighs> I'm so excited. In his upcoming book, he presents a new framework called The Nine Elements of organizational identity, which helps people build better businesses. Alex is, oh, I can't wait. A storyteller with an academic background is in general management with degrees from EBS University in Germany. And then I'm not sure, ORT from Uruguay, as well as certifications from France. It's like it's in said, but I need to add in Harvard Business School. All right, Alex, before we go any further, say your last name in German. <laughs> that would be Bruckmann. Oh, I like that. Bruckmann. All right. And then how did I bastardize the schools you went to? Tell us a little bit about your education right there. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the university in Uruguay you mentioned, that's ORT. 
um, oh, well, okay, which okay. is a university in Montevideo, the capital of um, Uruguay. And um, the one in France you mentioned, INSEAD, INSEAD is, okay. is a business school um, that has two campuses, one in Fontainebleau in France and one in Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. And you went to Harvard? I attended Harvard courses. If someone says I went to Harvard, for me, that, that means they did an MBA at Harvard Business School. That's not what I did. Oh, okay. So you're keeping it real and tell us exactly what you did, which I appreciate that. And now you live in Vancouver. Absolutely. Actually, in Maple Ridge, which is just outside Vancouver, um, a small city that um, is beautifully nestled between the Fraser River and the Pacific Mountain Range. It's really, oh. really beautiful here. Oh, God, we got to add a picture. All right. Before we get into anything else, I always ask my guest one word to best describe your past 30 days whatever the word is that pops in your head what would it be and why alex a little bit chaotic i would say told uh, well let's let's just say chaotic let's just go with chaotic <laughs> okay tell us more well there's a ton of things going on currently in my in my personal life um the family is here um so my my girlfriend's sister with a family of four that makes three kids in the house and there is a lot of life. And um, <laughs> when you run a business from home, as I do, um, this is not, of, not not always easy, especially not in, in these current times. So I have a very hot fall in front of me with um, several launches. And um, yeah, it's just a lot of work. And then I did something extremely stupid. I'm not even sure whether I should mention that. But I, I managed to drive my own car into my own motorcycle. And ooh, that was ooh. just, that was not cool. <laughs> wait, wait. So at least you were in the car, right? And you yep. drove it into the motorcycle. Yep. Yeah. Why let someone else ruin your day when you can do it yourself? Now, did you back into it? Yeah. Oh, you didn't see it behind you. Just stupid. But anyway, mm. hey. Hey, listen. How's the motorcycle? It's okay. No structural damage. It's just cosmetic. But still, we're talking like $10,000 damage. That's called your mind was somewhere else, Alex. Oh, my God. It's just, uh, as I said, I shouldn't even mention that. It's Now it's putting me back into this negative emotion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm no, over can, it. Yeah, you can see you have a sense of humor with it. Okay. So before we came on, you were telling a little bit about why you moved to Vancouver with your girlfriend and that, I don't know, maybe this was <laughs> well thought out plan during COVID. Well, the plan was extremely well thought out and then COVID hit. So <laughs> yeah. this was just, you know, a total disaster. It was a two year process to plan everything, to get the paperwork done. Um, my girlfriend is Canadian, so no, no issue here, but I had to get a permanent residency. So when you do everything, and I ran a business as a managing director, you can't just drop your pen. So it was a long process. And then when we were finally like all settled in, our son was born in January. And we were like, okay, in April, our flights uh, will bring us to our new home in Vancouver. And then in March, everything locked down, total chaos, total disaster. And we kind of pulled forward our move because if you're granted permanent residence status, you need to move into Canada within a mm. year. So 
we are super glad we did that um, and pulled it forward, even if it was a complete chaos. We caught the last flight, actually, from Germany to Toronto. I was going to say, how did you get in? <laughs> there were no direct flights anymore, so we went through Toronto. It was the last flight of Air Canada from Germany to Canada before they shut down operations. Lufthansa wow. shut down even earlier. So we made it on the last flight, safe and sound, and Oof. have been building our life here ever since. So what is the major difference for you between Germany and Vancouver? I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, oh, it's that different? It People often think that um, because we're basically in Europe, this, this is everyone in North America, despite, let's say the majority of people in North America has some sort of European heritage or comes from somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone, but um, as we in Canada call them, First Nations, um, come from somewhere else. And you would think because of that, at least major parts of the population in North America are somehow European. But the culture is, just because we look very similar, doesn't mean we are similar. The culture is completely different in Germany oh. than it is in Canada. And I don't mean this in, in a bad way. This is actually, in, I mean this in a very positive way. Yeah, um, yeah. How society functions, how people treat each other, how political and public discourse happens. All these things are different than in Germany. And realizing that, I mean, this, I didn't move here just like that. I was, I was, yeah. I, I visited family in Canada yeah. many times before we moved here. So I knew what, what I loved about this country. But then when you live in a country, there are also things that are different in a way that you don't enjoy. <laughs> but those are the things that only come to you when you live in a country yeah, and you yeah, don't realize yeah. those things as a tourist. But right now, two and a half years living in a, in a foreign country, it's not that foreign anymore. Um, yeah. You kind of relearn how to live in many, in many ways. Mm. Um, just the small things, you know, from healthcare to... Um, how does the banking system work? Oh my God, the banking system in North America. Don't even get me started on that. Um, <laughs> so things are different. You got to relearn how to live. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have been to Europe. Oh my goodness. That's a whole nother podcast, Alex. But I've been to Europe many times, but I've never been to Germany. And it's so funny. I just really want to get your opinion on this. So my friends go over there. And I don't know. They're doing some marathon thing. And I go, oh, God, why didn't you invite me? They're like, Sandy, it's best off you didn't go. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I go, I love people. I love learning cultures. They're like, yeah, yeah, I get all that part. But is this true? They go, but they're rule followers. Like, you really do wait for the light on the curb. You don't jaywalk. You, and you, you don't like following rules, so I don't know if you'd fit in. Now, is that true, Alex, or is that just their perception? Um, if it's their perception, it's at least true from their perspective. I would say, yeah. gen generally speaking, they saw a country that follows rules more eagerly than maybe in the U.S. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So, is it true about the street thing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, have you ever been Unless you're a total rebel. Okay. So have you ever been to New York City? Yes, I have. You see the complete difference there? Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's just, I mean, you, you, New York, there is nothing comparable in Germany to New York City. I mean, yeah. even the biggest cities, 
Yeah, just just the history that these cities have and how they look like, and it's just not comparable to North America. Yeah, you know, we were just talking about labels on another podcast and getting labeled. Like, if even if you're from another country and people already have an impression of you. So one of my guests, my listeners, said, "Oh, you're having Alex on," and they knew of you. By the way, I get I don't know from podcast. Ask them what people say, oh, I'm from Germany there. What do you think their view is of you? Like right away, oh, you're from Germany. What do you think? There's like, boom, here's the label. Organized, structured. That's, oh. the, that's some of the first things that people seem to um, associate with when they hear someone is from Germany. Mm. Which is good for a business strategist, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive into it. You're a, a kid. You're in high school. Were you always very the combination of feeling your gut and having a strategy to get there, or was this a long journey? No, oh, it was a total punk. I mean, this is really from a from a if, if I if I look back at my adolescent life and I was like, oh my goodness. I really enjoyed life. Um, oh, that's good. From every angle. And I never had a bigger plan, let alone a strategy for my life. That only came in my 20s. Okay. So when you said you were a punk, what do you mean by a punk? Just like a normal kid? No, a, a punk like in like like in your appearance, like the hair, the clothing. Like really? The, the, left, the left wing... Anarchist punk style. Ah. <laughs> oh, I would love to see pictures of that. You look oh my totally god! You know what? I'm that. so glad that I, I'm so glad that I'm in my mid 40s because that <laughs> means from that time in the 90s, yeah. no one had smartphones. That yeah. means no one had a camera, and there are hardly any pictures of me. Uh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody else had said that I'm so glad I'm the age I am because I didn't have to live through that. Okay. So in your 20s, does that mean after college is when you're like, hey, you know? I uh, Well, be actually, between high school and college, there was a whole first um, professional career. And um, I went back to university um, when I was 28. So I studied oh. business administration at an age where usually a university career sort of ends, I just started. So it was kind of different, um, but it was it was necessary because, as I said, um, in my early 20s, I still tried to find what I love. And at that point in time, mm. the only thing I really loved was music. So oh. I figured, hey, why not turn my semi-professional DJ career into a professional radio host career? Which, what, ah. which is what I did. So um, I did a, a full-time apprenticeship at a radio station and tried to combine those things, which I then did for a few years. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But at some Ooh, point in time, you, you realize, hey, this is probably not what you want to do for the rest of your life because you always hit a glass ceiling, you know. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, it's, it's clearly education. You need to just pimp yourself. And so I went <laughs> back to school. Um <laughs> Did, did my high school degree at the age of 27 and then started um, studying at business school at, at um, EBS University, as it is called now um, in Germany, business administration, general management. 
and um, yeah, started my second career in business after that. And and you fell in love with it? Like that's totally opposite to me. Oh, it is. I hated it to my guts, but I knew. Um, it what? Was... Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! You hated it. To your yeah, guts. I mean, this is this was totally not me. This was dry business stuff, and you know. Why'd you do it then? Because I realized that you can. You have two choices in life. You can follow your passion and try mm -hmm. to make a living out of it, and there are people out there that clearly do that. They are lucky enough to know early in their life what their passion is and they build a career out of it. Yeah. And that is awesome. If you are lucky enough to be in that spot, congratulations. I try to do that. I try to build a career out of my passion for music. But I realized at some point in time that it's not everything I want there. There must be more in life. And if you have followed that path, you realize this time you better pick a subject that opens your as of, that opens you as many doors as possible. So that means study something that is so generalistic that afterwards you can follow multiple paths and you're not mm. cornered again. So if I had studied f following my passion, I would have studied modern history, most likely. Oh. But then I could have just apply for a taxi license at the same time because there are basically no jobs for someone who studies taxi something license. like that. So <laughs> you got to earn money some at some point in time, right? Yeah. So um, an Uber didn't exist at that point in time. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so in the end, um, I, I, I bit the bullet and I said, okay, I'm going to work through this. It, some really challenging years, but I also met some amazing people along the journey. Yeah. Um, friends for life and I wouldn't miss it. So I, I kind of did the hard thing to then later enjoy a professional career that is very diverse and that brought me eventually to where I am right now and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. You know, I, I swear to you, I've been doing this for almost 10 years, Alex, and I've never, ever had somebody on that journey. Or talk about it, you know, that talked about even though they hate it and now they really enjoy where they are. That's every, crazy. Every journey is different. And yeah. when I look back at the first, I would say maybe three, four years after university, when I jumped on the, let's say, the corporate treadmill, it was not necessarily what I loved. Um, but I realized I had to earn my strides at some point in time. Yeah. And it was really important for me to, to be socialized in a corporate environment. Let me put it that way, because it helped me better understand, yeah. um, myself as well, what I wanted, um, what I didn't want. And, um, yeah, every, every journey is different and everyone needs yeah. to make their own experiences my life is everything but a straight line, but I guess that's what <laughs> yeah. success eventually is. It is not a straight line. Absolutely. And um, I'm pretty happy where I am right now in my mid-40s, yeah, which you is can tell. nice because yeah. I, I, I didn't have that feeling 10 years ago and I didn't have it 20 years ago. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really, really important for our listeners to hear. Matter of fact, I was just talking to my son just graduated high school and he's going to be off to college. And he, he says, Mom, you know, you're very fortunate. You love what you do. 
you're living your passion. He goes, but some days you look like you're banging your head against the wall. <laughs> and, and I said, well, Cole, I know where I want to go. And I, I keep my eye on, you know, what my goals are. And when I do that, not every moment I'm going to love of my business. So that was a question that I got over and over again for you. Are there parts of your day that you don't enjoy about your business? There is certainly work that I need to do as a business owner that are not in my, let's say, my ballpark. I know how to do them, to do that work, but I don't like and enjoy it. And um, it's very simple. If I don't like it, I don't do it. I outsource it. I give it to someone who enjoys it. Because I believe Ooh. everyone should work only where their strengths and their passions are. Of course, there is, I need to understand what's going on. Of course, I need to yes, yes. monitor it. I need to be on top of things. That doesn't necessarily mean I do it on my own. Gotcha. Yeah. Outsource. So here you are. You're talking a lot about solo entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that are out there in my audience who go from the gut. And you talk about that, you know, you say, okay, I'm going to react to my gut and this is what I should do in the short term to reach my goal. But many of them don't have a long-term strategy. So I went out, I asked them and they said 100% hands down. They feel like they're reacting to what comes in front of them for the day, but they don't even know how to start on a strategy to combine their passion. So I know you have workshops coming up we're going to talk about, and you have a new book coming out. But what was the first thing that you would say? Because their big thing is, well, if I'm just go all into the business strategy, then that's not going to be who I am, which is I follow my heart and I lead by my gut. Yeah, and you can do that as long as you hit the wall and then it's too late and you will hit the wall. Because the point is, those two things are not mutually exclusive. The most successful business people that I've met in my life, they were able to combine their heart and their brain into something really, really powerful. If you only take decision based on your guts, I mean, where does that leave you? It always, you always start from scratch. You don't stack up your successes because there is no master plan behind it. It, 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 it works. It works for many people. It works for a certain period of time. Yeah. But then, you know, these are the people that then tell you every second year, and then I had to pivot, which means they fucked up. Yeah. And that, that's when they needed to do something else because they messed it up because they didn't have a plan in place because they only followed their guts because they feared that if they write down something that is, let's say, an 18 month plan or mm-hmm. a 24 month plan, that they would corner themselves and rob themselves of opportunities, which is exactly what it is not. Writing down a clear plan and a strategy is nothing else but a prioritized plan to reach a certain state in the future that you aspire to reach. Mm. By doing that, you actually free up your capacity and your resources for the things that truly matter to bring you there. So you do exactly what you want to do. You follow your heart. You follow your passion. It's the exact opposite of what people fear. Having a plan does not mean you can't accept 
real opportunities into your life when they present themselves. But you need to have a benchmark in place yeah. to see whether this is a real opportunity or just a shiny object. And that is what a strategy is. You know, Alex, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I don't think my listeners know this, but I did sell my health clubs. I didn't know about COVID, Alex, in 2019. So the gods were with me. But when the opportunity presented itself to open up my first health club, it was a three-year plan and strategy. And I went out to all my business mentors and all my clients to help me. And that's why I survived that many years in that industry. I always looked at where I wanted to go, had a plan. But my side gig right now um, became my main gig. And I didn't have a strategy at first. You know, I was just like, I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to leave my gut. Well, guess what? That's great if it's a hobby, Mm, but you won't reach your financial goals. So finally, you know, one of my friends said, Sandy, I see you're doing what you love. And that's really great. Are you doing it just for fun or do you want to make money? And I said, I want to make money. Then they go, well, you're going to have to apply the same strategies you did to your other businesses. And you know what? I spinned my wheels for a year, Alex, until I was like, oh, my God, they're so freaking right. <laughs> they're so right. I don't know yeah. what I was thinking. You know, it's still a business. And you and if it's a business, you want to make money at your business. And you have to, I mean, I'm telling you, setting benchmarks, and I do the same thing. Like, I do three years and I back it in. It really, it changes what I do that day when I look at it, Alex. I totally get that. And uh, I, it's it's really hard sometimes to stand up in the morning and to realize that there are actually people running businesses out there that it feels like you need to you need to actually convince them that their business needs a strategy, a, a, a thorough plan on where they want to be in the next two to three years and how to get there. Saying that sounds like comical to me even. Yeah, but yeah. I realized that this feeling that came inside of me comes from a position of privilege and that I shouldn't judge. I realized I only know that because I studied it, because that's what I've been doing my entire career. Other people have a completely different background. They have a certain subject matter that they discovered early in their life, maybe. And then yeah. they were like, this is really cool. I can build a career. And then they do that. And that might, that most likely has nothing to do with business administration or how to lead a business. They never had an education in that area or a good yeah. role model that they could copy. So yeah. how should they know? Absolutely. And, and, this is, and this is so tragic. There are so many businesses out there run by passionate people that are absolutely under the water because they don't have the tools necessary to lead the business in a proper way and once they get those tools they are like i wish i had these 10 years ago it i would have it would have saved me so much time and pain yes but that that's what business strategists do they give people tools that they can then use in given given their own business and their own reality so it's it's yeah. not a like you hand over some cookie cutter marketing tactics or stuff like that that that's not what this is. No. This is helping people understand a structured process that they can understand and go through on their own. They go through it the first time, for example, with me. They understand how it works. 
and then they can repeat it. And that is the, the magic in a business. If you have a repeatable process that you apply year after year after year, and thereby you create transparency, accountability, and something that doesn't just change as the weather. Yeah. You said everybody has their own journey. My journey was a little different. I went to school, got my master's in exercise physiology, was a trainer, no idea that my entire life I was going to own businesses. But my clients were extremely successful entrepreneurs. So they sat down with me, Alex, and they mentored me in business. And I, when I was training them, I thought I should be paying them because I'd learned so much about business. And then I ended up realizing... I love this combination of business and following my gut and living my passion. And I think that, well, I know that's one of the main reasons I was successful. But that being said, so many really talented trainers would come to me and say, well, you do it and I'm going to open up my own business, which is why I reached out to a lot of them because I really think they could use somebody like you. And I didn't want to tell them they weren't going to succeed, but I was like, you better love business because it's not just about being a great trainer or you're going to crash and burn or bring somebody else in. And so many of them, Alex, that are so talented in the fitness industry, they crash and burn because they don't have that. And I didn't want to be the one to tell them that because then it'd be like, oh, what? You don't think we can do it? I'm like, no, you got to love business or understand this or have somebody with you. So... I reached out to them before we did this and they said, all right, well, what would be the first thing Alex would tell us for a lot of these young trainers out there that want to know training studios or health clubs? Could you help somebody like that? Yeah, of course. Um, but not necessarily with a business strategy in the first place. I would, I would ask a few questions that come before you actually start working on a business strategy. I would, I would like them to ask themselves some deep probing questions about whether this is really what they want to do, whether they really understand what they're getting them, what they're setting themselves up against. Leading a business is something completely different than having a passion for fitness. Yep. When you lead a business, you lead a business. When you train, you train. And your day does not have more hours just because you, and, and that means you, you do different things now. You give, you give <laughs> I away. I love that. You yeah. give away time in the, in the training room. You give away time to focus that time on running a business. And if you, if you don't fully understand what running a business means, you could easily set yourself up for a major financial disaster. Yeah. Cause in the end, if you don't like things, you either put them away and you're like, nah, I do them <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. Or you don't realize that there are legal ramifications coming with certain things and, and things like that. You know, you need to understand what it means to run a business mm. first before you can take a, an informed decision that you really want to do this. If you want to own a business to make money, then you are on the wrong path. If greed guides your decision making, financial gains only, this can be super, super dangerous because in the end, what you do is you, you, you throw away your passion. If your passion is training, be a trainer, mm. find different ways of making more money than owning a business. It's a means to an end, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what about <laughs> this young man said, all right, tell Alex, 
I'm not superficial, but I really don't care about which business I get into. I just love making money. You made me think about this question. I love it. I'll do good with it, but I don't really care about the business I go into. I just like making money. My goal is to get out of college, build a business, and then sell a lot of them. What do you think of that plan? That's okay. As long as you are, and it seems that person is, real about it and honest about it, honest to yourself, that person will mature and that person will also realize that there is more to life than building and selling businesses and making a lot of money. Because in the end, it's really the question, who are you as a person? What do you do with that money? Money can't buy happiness. It's a super, I mean, everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. It's, it's just a sentence unless you experience that. And um, uh, that yeah. person, that person might have a lot of fun and live a fancy life, but it's all just shallow stuff and it's all hollow in the end. And you need to fill that emptiness with something. Yeah. And money buys stuff, <laughs> but <laughs> consumerism is, is just a patch that helps you, um, cover the bruises the emotional bruises um, that you try to cover up. Consumerism is always just a patch. And um, you will realize that at some point in time. Oh, I like that one. I like that. Good answer. All right. This young lady says, could Alex help me discover what my business should be? Uh, she's in her 40s. She's had three kids. And she want, she doesn't want to go back to work full time, but she'd like to start a business at home. But she's not sure what to start or what her passion is. That is inter this is a super interesting question because she actually asks the right questions before she just jump starts something to make some money. You know what I mean? So yeah. she really asks the right type of questions. And yes, these are the questions that you should ask yourself. And um, there is no simple answer to that because what you need to do it, if you're in, in a situation like that, You need to do some soul searching. You need to understand what it actually is you love. Because if you, if you run a business from home and if you have a family, um, it's there, there are just so many things happening around you. It needs to be something that means something to you. Otherwise yeah. you won't be able to, to sacrifice what you need to sacrifice to get it off the ground. And every business owner only has a finite number of days to get their business off the ground. Um, it's actually not days, it's dollars in the end that limits the runway that you have before your business flies. And if you waste that money on something that is not fully in line with what you love, um, you won't make it most likely. So you need to do some soul searching, find a good coach that helps you with that, that asks you the right types of questions, mm. that guides you through a structured process to arrive at a conclusion in the end. Um, and oh, people like me do that all the time. So yeah. there, there are enough coaches out there. Just find someone who is a business coach, not a life coach or something like that. You don't need a life coach. You need someone that understands yep. the necessity, the financials um, around, uh, at play and what you can do with it. And if you combine your, your personal reality as a mother of three, And 
someone helps you discover what you are uniquely positioned to bring to the world. And this might sound too grand, but ask yourself, the first question is that you should ask yourself, what are you uniquely positioned to solve or to contribute to a solution? That is something that, mm. that is not easy to answer, but it will help you discover what you are able to build a business around because that is where your passion lies. Sometimes people call it your purpose. You can also ask yourself once you, once you discover or you answer that question, what you're uniquely positioned, what you bring to the world, you can ask yourself, how can you bring this purpose to life? And that's what, what I call transferring your purpose, your intention into action and impact. And that's when you transfer this concept of purpose into, for example, a business idea and create yeah. tangible impact with it. So that, that's what I would suggest this person starts with. I love that. Oh my gosh, Alex, we're not going to get to all these questions. I can't believe what time it is, but they can reach out to you. I do want to dive in just to this one thing, because you have so many great points that we could go over, but we can only cover so much in one podcast. And the one I want to get in is what are the concrete actions to start working on a winning strategy? There are basically three key elements that you need to nail down and, and be specific about. And I put a label on these things now. You can call them differently. That really doesn't matter. It's just the first element is what I call a vision, a vision statement. And many of you have heard about that. So a vision statement is a very specific, concrete description of the future state of your business. That can be seven, eight, nine sentences even. It doesn't oh. need to be a marketing punchline that you put on your website. No one cares okay. about your vision, by the way. Um, <laughs> people don't give it. Oh. I mean, this is just not... A vision is... This is for you internally. Okay. Yeah, it. it's a working document. It, it shows you where you want to be. Um, what you do, whom you do it for, that's your mission. That's something else, right? Um, the vision is... The dis if you could time travel... The vision describes what you would see if you could time travel. And your mission is what you do and for whom. It's a business description. Gotcha. Gotcha. Something absolutely no frills, no fancy. Wait, I, I like the time traveling. I've never heard that one. So I'm going to time travel. Okay, here we go. All so, right. And when you have that piece clear and specific, and there are a few elements that you need to consider how to write that um, so that it is whole and there's tons of free resources for that on my website, by the way. So you, you, you can find all that. And on my blog there, I explain all these elements that you can take care of or should take care of. Once okay. you have that vision, you move it into a strategic key performance indicator dashboard. That sounds super fancy, but what it actually means is you identify the key elements in your vision, the absolute key words in there, and you okay. ask yourself, how do I actually track my progress? toward that state over the next two years, for example. Okay. How do I know that I'm moving in that direction, that I, if I could time travel, that I'm actually there in two years? So you can't just write something down, put it in the drawer, and then in two years put it back out and be like, oh, have we actually made it? <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it works. So 
yeah, identifying yeah. like two handful of strategic KPIs, key performance indicators yeah. that yeah. show you the big picture that you're moving into the right direction. That's key. And then comes the third element. You ask yourself, what do I need to do to move these KPIs into the right direction? And that's where most people struggle because it means transparency about what you do yeah. and what you should do does not necessarily mean what you want to do. Yeah. All your pet projects that are hobbies more than they are furthering your business, you're going to let go. You are prioritizing how you use your resources, meaning your money, your attention, your time in the best possible way. And yeah. that in its, in itself is that that is a strategy that is knowing yeah. where you want to go, how to measure your progress and what you're actually doing to move the needle in the right direction. Oh, Alex, I could have used you two years ago because <laughs> I could tell you, and I'm telling everyone out there, it was the hardest thing for me to do to let go of things that weren't getting me towards my vision. It was hard because I yeah. really loved doing them, but I, I had to take a hard well. cold look and I kept thinking back to like, well, look what you did with your health clubs. And it wasn't this way. And I was stubborn for some reason. I don't know why. But when I finally did, that's when things start turning around, you know? So yeah, I'm so glad you're talking about this. All right, Alex, I can't believe it. I need to ask you some major questions here before we go. And I got to make sure we get them in. So let's start with the biggest question I want to ask you. I love Star Wars. <laughs> oh, don't go there. Don't go there. The time will be up before you know it. I had to get it in before the business stuff. Like, like <laughs> truly, do you watch the episodes over and over again? Like, you know, in the movies, at your house. Like, talk to me. Well. My house. We love Star Wars. We love Star Wars. So that's why I was like, oh, my God, you know. And do you have an episode you hate? Versus this year best. Well, um, cause I know I hear it all from my boys. Ah, that one, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it's God. really interesting if you, if you compare the three trilogies. Um, when you, when you love Star Wars, it, I think it heavily depends on when you jumped on the bandwagon and how old you are, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what type of movie, what style of movie you, you enjoy. For me, one of, one of the most, intense scenes is most likely one of the most boring scenes for someone oh. who is a millennial. Cause when you, when you take a look at this scene where, um, Luke Skywalker stands on Tatooine and watches into the distance and you see the, the, the two planets behind him, um, on the horizon, this is a scene that would never occur in, in a movie today because it's, long it's just music it's yeah, static yeah. and Ooh, if you i never take, thought of that if you compare for example the, the first trilogy to the last trilogy the last trilogy they're like marvel style action movies more or less right mm -hmm. there's just explosions actions there is no contemplation there is no deep conversations happening anymore and it's a different type of star wars movie it has evolved over time. Is it better? Well, it depends on how you look at it. I do enjoy um, the old, the first three 
still a lot because I truly admire what George Lucas has built with the, let's say, the technical possibilities back then. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane. And every time I ask myself, how did they do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my, I, I cannot tell you the healthy debates that go on in my house between my husband and my son about Star Wars. So I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. I, I, I got to tell them about what you said about that scene. Okay, I'm going to write that down in big pole print, see what they say. And my son's 19 and my husband's in his 50s, so we'll see what goes on. All right, Alex, tell us about how they can work with you. Because you were talking to me about you have this really fun workshop coming up. Well, it's actually, it's an online strategy masterclass that I uh, put together um, over the year. So it's it's not just a like a one-hour workshop or something. It's an eight-module strong um, intentional strategy masterclass that ah. helps you build your strategy from the ground up. And as we discussed earlier, we don't start with the strategy. We ask for those deep questions that you need yeah. to ask yourself first. So it's actually, um, it's more than just a strategy masterclass. It is really something that is supposed to help anyone who has either started a business and got stuck and overwhelmed or someone who is thinking about starting a business and wants to get it right from the get-go. Mm. Um, that, that will launch later in the year, um, like September, October-ish. There will be special offers even for people who are already um, following my emails, um, it will be, it, it's, I'm super excited about it. Building this course took a very long time. I bet. Um, and I really wanted to make it work for people without having to pay a ton of money for it. Because, I mean, if you, if you take a look at online courses that have life elements, for example, they quickly become fairly expensive because it's, it's you giving basically um, life coaching yeah. Um, so I needed to build something that has extreme value, but at the same time is affordable um, for people, for example, that sit at home with three kids and want to yeah. build a business. Yeah. So that's, that's what I tried to build. Um, and according to the people around me, we did a great job with that. So we're, we're now putting in the final touches, um, post-production of the videos and everything and put together a proper workbook that become, can, can become your strategic Bible because it's not a course that tells you how to do it. It's a course that tells you how to do it and you actually do it at the same time. So by going through the course, you not only learn that process that is repeatable for you in the future, but mm. you're actually designing your business strategy. So it's super valuable for you in the end. And I hope that people take a ton of, of yeah value from it and um, hopefully put it into practice and are super successful with their business afterwards. So can they sign up? Will they go to your website to sign up for it? There is a possibility to um, to sign up um, to my email list on my website. So to my newsletter, basically, that will bring you into my world. But um, you can also just, for example, go to my website um, right there on the landing page, on the front page. There, There is um, an opportunity to download my uh, strategy toolkit, which is a free resource. Oh, I did that. I did that. I was so excited. <laughs> that, that that toolkit gives you a glimpse of yeah. what you can expect in the strategy uh, masterclass. 
And when you download it, you also obviously uh, give me your name and your email address so that I can send you the document that also brings you into my world and you will be notified when the course launches. I'm so excited. I can hear the excitement in your voice, Alex, which is like, it's the best. It's the best. Okay. Your book. Tell us about your book and where they can get it and when. You said you had a new one coming out. Yeah. So in October, on October 18th at 6 p.m. Um, European 6 PM. time. Yeah. That's, that's European time, Central European time. It's at, uh, noon Eastern time and at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the 18th of October. We celebrate, um, the book launch with an online launch party. Um, it's, it's something that I've been working toward for quite some time. So the first book is an anthology. I invited, um, nine authors, really, really bright minds to um, contribute chapters based on their subject matter expertise. And it's a book that helps entrepreneurs, founders, business owners in three different ways. The first is the book conveys some what I call hard skills, things that I, I think any entrepreneur, any business owner needs to know. They need to know about how to build a business strategy. They need to know about how to price their products. Uh, for example, and um, they need to understand the softer skills around leadership as well. I hate the term soft skills because I believe that those are the real hard skills. Yeah, I because know. Because they're so hard to master. Yeah. And the third element, so the second element is all around building culture and leadership. And the third element in the book is all around self-care and finding life balance, which often is super difficult for people owning a business because they kind of work 24-7. Yeah. And yeah. Um, for those topics, so parts of the book I wrote myself, and for other parts, I brought in people that really know what they're talking about. For example, the chapter on pricing was written by um, Professor Herman Simon. He is the global authority in the topic of pricing. He taught at Harvard, um, at Stanford, London Business School. He's the founder of um, Simon Kucher and Partner, which is a 42 office global management consulting company. So I brought in people that are able to break down a concept like pricing management into words that every business owner can understand yeah. and put in practice, whether they have a business background or not. Yeah, and That's yeah. what this book conveys. It, it, it brings you just every chapter is a full meal on a separate topic that I believe is essential to become successful as a business owner. Oh, wait, what's the title of it? Secrets of Next Level Entrepreneurs. Love it. Alex, I'm so sad we have to go. <laughs> I wish yeah, I could get too. to it's all the questions. <laughs> I mean, the peeps, you're just going to have to reach out to Alex. So again, Alex, before we say goodbye, where can they find you? Tell us again. The easiest way is on my website, alexthestrategist.com, all in one word, alexthestrategist.com. And there, there are many different ways you can be in touch. You can just use the contact form or you send me an email um, or you download um, the strategy toolkit or some of the other free resources on the website and you automatically land um, in my world. Cool. All right, my let's keep it real people. Come on. This freaking podcast is the bomb. You're going to want to share it, like it, rate it. Alex and I will really appreciate it. And as always, until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. 
Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.